Professionals podcast with you for another week. I am Paulie G. Ryan MS joining me this week. How are you, mate? Very good, mate. How are you? Very good. Um, we're basically Origin. I don't think we have a, had a show since the Origin game, but it's already fading into a distant memory as we uh, yep. get on with things here. What did you, did you make of, of game three and the series in total? Um, really good game, actually. I quite enjoyed game three. Um, New South Wales probably had their chances to make it 3-0, but didn't quite. I mean, it doesn't really matter in the end of the day when they win the series, but I thought the whole series was actually pretty good. Um, over the last few years, it's been a little bit lacklustre possibly because the winner is, you know, 99% decided um, just through the player's pick. But this year, um, you know, it was anyone's game and, and it turned into that in all three games. Yeah, I agree. It was good and... Um... Oh, you know, in a way, it was good to see Queensland get one game for next year. But um, yeah, we'll see we'll see what makes of it. A few guys that I was really, um, I'm really excited to see for the rest of the Supercoach year: Damien Cool, Genghis Crichton, Jai Arrow. Um, there's a couple of others there. Jared Wallace had a big game on the weekend too. Um, we'll get to those best ofs in a, in a moment. Let's uh, first go through the run um, injuries with the. Uh, could you Bay Health and Injury Care Injury Report? Nene McDonald um, went down or out of the game early against the Tigers on Sunday, um, basically having a foot injury. Um, officials saying two to three weeks is more likely, um, and Pat's saying it's probably similar to an ankle sprain, a foot sprain. So two to three weeks if it makes low low grade, but it looked nasty. So maybe it'll be plus weeks. He has been named this week, but um, pretty doubtful he'll play. And there's a couple of guys, I think, in the 21 that could cover as well as Kurt Mann, who's in the 17. Tavita Pengai Jr. didn't play last weekend, but he has been named to return this week. Um, It was apparently left out of last week's game more as a precaution against doing more damage. Um, with hamstring tightness, he'll be doing modified training tomorrow and be a chance to play this week against the Panthers, said Broncos high-performance manager Jeremy Hipkins. And Pat Lyons is saying it sounds like he'll be good to go this week. So there you go. A couple of other ones we should mention, of course, out for the year. Jared Croker, dislocated um, and left kneecap. That was awful, Ryan, especially considering a lot of us um, bringing him in um, on the back of, of, of what we were hoping the Raiders would go strong. And 38 points, you probably had it right. It's just that Croker couldn't see at the match. Yeah, um, definitely had it right. The Raiders is probably going to go on a run. They've got a um, nice draw coming up. But, yeah, it was very unfortunate for um, Jared and unfortunate for everyone who traded him in um, or had him because, yeah, he lasted didn't last 10 minutes or... And only got around six points or something like that. Um, straight in so, and straight back out. Yep. <laughs> back to the drawing board for um, that troublesome that centre and wing area. Yeah, maybe some of the other Raiders players. There's some other options. We're going to get to them later in the show. Jaden Sewer, the other guy out for an extended period with a broken ankle. 
Um, he's been playing pretty well for Brisbane, but I guess it does open the door if you're a Tavita Pengai owner because he's been named on the right edge there. Um, and that is thanks to Coogee Bay Health and Injury Care. Of course, if you live in the Sydney region, give Pat a call or even visit our website, www.supercatchpros.com. Click on the link for 20% off your first visit. It's not just sporting injuries that Pat looks after. Back and neck are his specialties there. So get on down there if you live in the area and visit Pat. Uh, and we thank him again for that great information that he provides us each and every week. Let's move on to the best for round 18 and Will Hopawate. Um, a lot of guys looking to bring him in to cover the bye and then maybe as a keeper. Well, they're absolutely laughing um, after that really good game against Souths of all teams. were pretty tough to score super catch points against so no doubt the move to fullback since Moses Mbai left helping out with Hopawate there. Got some good matchups coming up too. Ignatius Parsi, he single-handedly um, Took the, took the pack on his back there, the Warriors versus the Broncos. I think the pack had been letting the, them down a bit in recent weeks. Some inconsistent performers. performances. So, Parsi leading the way there, 119 supercoach. Jared Wallace, we talked about him at the start of the show, 118 supercoach points, scored a try, set up another big day for him. We know that the triumphant of him, James, and Jai Arrow in the middle there for Gold Coast when they're all getting on the park can lead to some big supercoach uh, performances. We saw Wallace do that there, even without Arrow. Playing Matt Moylan against his former club, I guess, Ryan. That was partly to be expected. We see these rivalry games or grudge matches, uh, whatever you want to call them, but they seem to, to certainly uh, work in the favour of the player that's uh, as playing against the, the club he departed. Yeah, for some reason, that uh, they must just all decide that they want to get up for that one. <laughs> um, and he certainly did. Um, he was really good. I think he broke something like 10 tackles, um, which on its own means he was running quite a bit uh, and causing a lot of damage. Um, yeah, I, I, I think I heard um, Flanagan mention that, you know, people were wondering who got the better end of the deal. Um, Jimmy, you know, Maloney going to the Panthers and Moylan going to the Sharks. Um, he said, I, th- I think both both clubs are happy with what, what's what's transpired. And with that performance from Moylan, um, yeah, you can't argue with that. You see why. Um, interesting also to see uh, some more 100-point scorers in Robert Jennings, 113. Michael Oldfield, we were just talking about that Raiders a game, 105. Jared Hayne, who we're going to talk a bit more about on the show in a little bit, 103, uh, playing for a contract but playing very well in an Eels team that's languishing at the bottom of the table, but might find their way to a few victories before the season's out. And Sean Lane, um, 100 points. Delisher Evans really playing both sides of the ruck there with Tom Wright, his half's partner, and he was able to, to get back that combination with Lane that we've seen from time to time in the past couple of seasons. Um, some honourable mentions to Lane's um, teammate, dummy half, Manessi Farnu. Robbie Farrer, another hooker in there with 97. Fanu, 95. Jordan Rappiner, another Ray, rated outside back, 95. He could be consideration to bring in. Angus Crichton, we talked about him. Well, I mentioned him at the start of the show, 94. Solomon Akata, William Kikau, also 94. We know Kikau had a great matchup. We talked about it on Twitter prior to that game. Said VC loophole him. That would have worked for you. Wonka Blake in the same game playing outside Kikau, 91. And uh, a few guys hitting 90, Isaac Lugaden season and, and Paul Vaughan. A big day for a lot of uh, a lot of players, Ryan, uh, last week. Yeah, huge. Um, like the, top, the lowest score in the top 20 was 87. And I, I think that that's 
indicative of just how big the scores were and the fact that there were seven, sorry, eight um, triple-figure scores, which was a, yeah, pretty big day. Um, you know, I, I guess everyone's ramping up for the finals or I don't know what's going on, but whatever's happening. Um, yeah, a lot of um, Supercoach owners of these players are pretty happy. The pod's really got to come into play now. Um, I think what we're noticing. So we'll get to those ones um, after we go through the, the notable team selections for this round. And uh, we'll start with the Dogs-Eels game there. Parramatta um, are replacing the injured Cameron King with Casey Pritchard, a like-for-like swap there. Cronulla against the Raiders. Well, Jesse Ramian returning with Kurt Capewell injured. So Scott Sorensen keeping his spot in the starting lineup. While Brad Abbey getting the nod with Croker out ahead of Blake Austin, who played in the centres um, once Croker went off last Saturday night. That means Kotrick's relegated back to the wing as Oldfield goes to centre, probably losing some of his upside there. Um, actually, Mike, um, um, sorry, Nick Kotrick, we know how well Michael Oldfield went last week too, so maybe we're keeping one eye on him, um, but obviously with not many trades left, you're probably not going out on too big a limb. Jaden Sewer, as we said uh, in the injury reports out, but Tevita Pangai is back, so they'll, um, well, Pangai will play in the back row. James Roberts goes in for Sewer, because Sewer did start in the centres. Katoni Staggs, he's still in the 17, but he'll get less game time um, with Roberts back, and he's on the bench for now ahead of David Fafito as a reserve. That could swap come game day too. So just uh, make sure you're fully aware of that situation. Um, Penrith, a lot of guys coming back. Not only the Origin trio, but Josh Mansour has been named as well. We've had some tweets on him, so we'll talk about him a bit later. Dallin Martini Zelezniak will play fullback. Um, so, you know, guys like Aitkins and Tyrone Phillips drop off. Uh, and then you've got the May and Luai, I think. Um, Luai is still in the 21. I guess if Watini Zelezniak's a late withdrawal, he could play fullback. You know, but probably you're not going to see much of him. Tyron Peachy's coming off the bench with Waka Blake, having that big game last week and keeping his spot at left centre. Uh, for the Knights, Newcastle uh, Knights, uh, Lachlan Fitz- Fitzgibbons back via the bench uh, with Nathan Ross starting in the place of the injured Sione Mataudia. Ross is actually named on the wing. So we're assuming he'll play on his preferred left side. Ken Seo switching to the right wing, and Sean Kenny Dow is going to play centre for the Titans in that same game. Jairo and Keegan Hipgrave returning, pushing Moyaki Futuaka and Will Matthews to the interchange, and Jai Bread and Lalani Latu to reserves. Uh, the Tigers v South. Alex Twalls back with Chris Lawrence out. Uh, Cheekham will start. Meanwhile, the Cowboys have uh, lost Shane Wright, while Justin O'Neill replaces the demoted Antonio Winderstein. Cohen Hess going back to right edge, but we're not really liking much of what we see from the Cowboys at the moment with um, Hess really a bit of an afterthought. I'm even concerned about Jason Tamalolo, Ryan. Maybe a sideways swap um, might might be the way to go because they're, they're just fading into oblivion. Yeah, they're not going well at all. And I, I don't know why because the team is actually, on paper, it looks pretty great and there's a you know a number of people that are obviously underperforming um but yeah it's just show it's just showing a little bit i mean um i don't know what happened against the raiders but they were hanging in there for a little while um but i mean it was a two even, point um, game i think and they had a chance to go for goal to make it 14 all it was fairly late in the game and 
I even yeah. tried to go for the try. They got oh, oh so close a few times. And then yeah, next thing uh, you knew, maybe was, they had a brain freeze or yeah, something. It was, it was cold enough. <laughs> it was it was bloody cold. Um, but yeah, yeah Tamalolo got fifty last game, um, and that's well down on. Yeah, his last. Oh God, you have to go back along to round five to get a lower score than fifty. So it gives you an idea of ninety-four, um, and you know we've seen Arrow put up some huge scores. He didn't play this weekend, but. And then you look at Tamalala and you think, oh, you know. Yeah, it's a it's a big call to make I, because he's, he's owned, obviously, by a lot of teams, 53% of teams, which is so many. Um, it's it's going to be an interesting one. Do you decide to go, okay, see you later. I'm going to, you know, go to someone else, provided you haven't got all the other guns in your side. Um and just, yeah, let the Cowboys fade as they look like they're doing. Yeah. I'm, I'm tempted. I'm not, I'm not 100%, but I'm tempted to go down that path. Uh, McDonald, well, in that same game, he has been named. That's an interesting one when Pat's saying, look, could be four-plus weeks, even their own staff saying two to three weeks. Uh, I guess... Um, Kurt Mann's likely to start with Jay Field getting a shot on the bench. Field's in the 21. That'd be the most likely scenario. Jordan Pereira is a young bloke who's just sort of come into contention into the 21 the last few weeks. He could slot straight in on the wing. That could be their other option. They've also got Patrick Herbert there, plays in the centres. Maybe he could switch to the wing. He's been named in the 21 as well. So they've got plenty of cover. Um, depending which way Coach Paul McGregor will go with that. Peter Hickey has been dropped to the bench for his probably his poor defence, let's be fair. I think it was Pete that was saying last week, how can he not be dropped? Well, he finally has with Ken Mamalo returning. Bundy Afoa has been named, but only as a reserve coming back from injury. Melbourne and the Roosters have named all their origin players, except for Dylan Napa. And uh, for Melbourne, Brodie Croft keeping his spot at halfback ahead of Jerome Hughes, who is a reserve, and Riley Jacks, who's not in the 21 at all. Although Dale Finucan is, so maybe he comes back this week or maybe he's one week further away. Should be noted for the Roosters with uh, Victor Radley starting, although um, it will be Isaac Liu who will play right edge and Ryan Madison um, just uh, reverted to the interchange bench, so probably not getting big enough minutes just yet. We're hoping he can get back to 80 minutes and uh, be a centre and winger option. Although most people probably moved on from him and may not have the many trays left to bring him in regardless. Let's have a look at those predicted best for round 19 now. Damien Cook leading the way. Really good matchup against Tigers, Ryan. I thought Cameron McInnes really uh, took advantage of some, some weak market offence from Wests, and, and um, you'd think Cook will, will do that and then some, and he's got to be the captain choice this, this, this round. Yeah, absolutely. Look, I, I with the McInnes did well off the back of the forwards. Um, they were getting quick play the balls, and it just seemed that every time they they'd get slightly over the advantage line, the Tigers player wasn't quick enough to get the second marker into play. So there's only one marker. So any hooker worth his salt is just going to exploit that. And McInnes did that, and um, I tell you what, Cook will do that all day and do it. Um, a damn sight better as well. Connor Watson at right half. We know 
how well team halves have gone in general against the Titans. Didn't happen so much for the Roosters, partly probably because Gronk wasn't there, but certainly in other games, Gold Coast very weak against halves. Watson's had some good games of late too. Field Kickout, we'll just, just keep on keeping on with him. Um, he's a must-own right now, the way he's going, and, and the Broncos, well, they're pretty weak um, against left edge. Isaiah Papali really went large against them on the weekend, so Kikau should do that, um, uh, do at least that. We just mentioned Cameron McInnes, another good matchup for him against the Cowboys. Uh, Hodgson, Josh Hodgson, very, very good last week against North Queensland. Sia Soliolo, Raiders v Sharks, where well, we just talked about Kikau's effort against the Sharks. It's going to be Soliolo on the left edge there, more of a money ball play if you're into that. Robbie Farrar is another must own, uh, just going massively up in price, Ryan. What a massive price jump he's had in, in only a few weeks. Almost, uh, we were predicting after this game, he'll be hit, hitting the 200000 mark uh, above his original price of only a few weeks ago. Yeah, that's crazy. It really is crazy. But having said that, um, he's played four games and 64 has been his lowest. Um, and his last two games have been 90 pluses. So that's... He's going okay, the old wow. fellow. Um, and he's going to, um, yeah, he's going to skyrocket. If you need, if you have some issues at Hooker, then he's not a bad option, um, but he's quickly spiralling um, to ridiculous prices. Um, yeah. Yeah, get him in yes. now before, yep. if you haven't already. Other notable names include Jared Hayne, who's playing for a contract. Another good matchup, this one. Weak area, set on wingers. You might take a punt on him. Jake Jabrovich, um, he just keeps doing it every week. Josh Hodgson, another hooker. We, we can't fit them all in. If only a couple of them doubled as center and wingers, which is ridiculous. <laughs> but if only. Reese Martin, Blake Ferguson, right up there against Manly. Ryan James, Tavita Pangai, Jai Arrow, and um, Cody Walker as well. Uh, highest price rises over next week. Um, if the likes of Luai play again, they'll go up a big, uh, a lot. And Fainu, uh for the for the Eagles, we expect him to play again. And and you know after his big game last week, Kikau and Fotuaka are two others that should go well above um, their current price. Jared Hayne, who we mentioned earlier. Reese Martin still rising. Lachlan Lewis is right up there. Farah, who we just said. Uh, Connor Watson, um, Tom Wright, and uh, Scott Sorensen as well. While the drops, well, Peachy and Fitzgibbon and Madison all being named on the bench is going to cost them some major, um, uh, basically uh, losing a lot of money. So you might be looking at picking them up in a few more weeks. Maybe not so much Peachy, but certainly if Fitzgibbon and Madison can get starting again, they might be a bit cheaper for you. Uh, Blake Ferguson is another one that's coming down fast after a, a big ho- uh, price hike. It'd be more manageable if you're trying to revamp your centers and wingers. If you'll be more manageable another week or two, Ryan James is crashing back to earth uh, as well. Um, and the two-round price rise as well, similar to what we mentioned earlier, Go on the app and have a look at that. Sometimes it's good to go through the um, two-round price rises to see what guys you, you're going to really make some money on. Ryan, one added feature just added this week for the app too. So if for whatever reason you don't already have it, this is one last reason to go get it. The predictor now goes from round 19 to 25. So you can actually look at 
each player and how many points they're predicted to score all the way to the final round based upon the minutes they're projected to get this week. So some of those guys probably a little bit higher, the guys like Luai and May, because they won't play those minutes. They're sort of put on the projected minutes based upon their last week's games, but most of the others will be pretty close. Yeah, well, look, it's a it's another great little um great little reason to have to have the app because yeah it's it's a great forward planning thing at this time of year you know you know that things are hurtling towards the finals you know that you've you know you know what position you're in now are you trying to maintain top spot are you just going for overall are you know you're trying to make your way into the finals for head to head um this will give you yeah, just that future planning thing. Okay, I'm going to play this player, trade him out for this guy next week, and then you know, and then settle on my on your final, you know, 17 to 20 um, top players um, for the rest of the year and stuff like that. So yeah, it's, it's a great little tool. It's a good segue, Ryan, because I wanted to just touch on at least briefly sort of the different strategies from now to till the end. If you, I guess we'll start with if you're head-to-head, there's only you know uh, three rounds, I think, before the finals. If you're in the top four, you're consolidating where you're at right now and looking using that projected to see, because it does each round by round, you can look at the guys that are project, projected to do well in the finals. Or um, are you still trying to, to hit hard each week, You know, looking at those good matchups each week and making sure you're getting the wins and, and staying in the top four? Um, or, you know, if you're in the eight, do you have to sort of, is it all or nothing time based upon where you're situated and basically, you know, guys that have good matchups any given week are the guys you're sort of bringing in. Yes, one eye on the, the future, but two eyes on today. Yeah. Well, that's, um, look, the thing is for head-to-head, um, if you're in, I, I think if you're in places one, one through four, um, all you're trying to do is almost... Um, see who you're up against and just almost match their team because you don't really need – if you're going to lose, it's, you know, it's not really going to matter if you're firmly entrenched in there. Mm. Um, but, you know, in a, if you win, it's going to be a small win. If you lose, it's going to be a small loss. Um, so that's, you know, your you lower risk kind of thing. But if you're, you know, in the eight or looking to just bust in, then you'll need to start looking ahead using – if you've got the app, you can use the Dominator. You can go, okay, well, I've got this coming up. You have an idea of what the other guy's team's going to be. And then you can go, okay, well, I'm going to play I'm going to play your different players, you know. I'm going to play your own pods that you've got um, because you're looking for that little bit of edge just to get them over, just to get over, just to get that win. It doesn't matter if it's one or by its 100 unless you're terribly behind on for and against. But you just got to get that win. And I, and I think that's the way to go for, you know, if you're in the bottom half of that, you know, f- places five to eight or below, then you've really got to, um, yeah, go for it um, playing head-to-head. Yeah, and uh, I know I've had sort of pretty much worst year ever um, and just trying to stay in the hunt with head-to-head, I'd pretty much given up on overall. I'm, I'm making trades fast and loose. You know, I'm, I'm, it's all it's all for today and not, nothing for tomorrow. But some of these guys, like Robbie Farrow, you know, they're they're just kicking on. 
So it can work in your favour sometimes to bring in, you know, the next big thing and, and ride, ride it all the way because some, sometimes they'll keep rolling. And I think Will Hopawati is an example of that. Um, the Bulldogs have got some favourable matchups coming up. I like Jared Hayne a lot. Um, just looking at the predictor and looking at some of the Parramatta's matchups, he's playing now. It's all or nothing for Jared, and not a lot of people will probably own him. So four percent of teams, you know, so I just not very many. I feel in that position when you look at the pro- projected from nineteen to twenty-five, he polls higher than the likes of Ferguson, Mitchell, and Hopawati, who we also like. Um, so maybe Hayne is, is the way to go there. Um, you know, it's one one to firmly consider. And, and after the big game last week, he's had a couple now. His price is starting to get up there. So you want to sneak in before it, it gets up too high. And you want to be able to, you know, revert him while he's still under 500,000, I think, um, is the ideal way. So this will kind of uh, lead into our tweets now. Um, and there's a few here about centre and wingers, so we might sort of uh, have a look at a couple of those now. Um, Tipsy McStagger asks, thoughts on going from Croker to Mansour surely can't be worse than trading Croker in two minutes before kick-off. Oh, Tipsy. It's worse than uh, both. I think both of us traded him in this week, but certainly I didn't do yes. it as a mid-round trade. Oh, <laughs> Yeah, that's going to hurt that one. Mansour, I think we'll add, we'll put this, an, I am not a cartoon also talks about Mansour. He says, would you rather um, Nofo or Mansour? Because he's saying center wing is the best place to pot up for the run home with players, which players with low ownership have the best runs home. Well, I think I've answered that, Hain from Hopawati, but check the app because you'll see every run home um, there. But certainly out of Nofaluma and Mansour, Mansour we haven't seen much of, Ryan, but Tigers have a particularly difficult draw for the run home. He he bucked the trend or the bad matchup against the Dragons with a very good score. But um, could he, can Nofaluma keep that going, especially if West start to drop mathematically out of the race? If they drop math- math- mathematically out, then I think everyone scores and that side goes down. If they're hanging in, conversely, I think you probably see, you know, plus 10% on their scores. Um, but for Nofu, look, he's shown what he can do. However, this season he kind of is pretty inconsistent. Um, so he's gone, his last bunch of scores are 32-61, 43-83, 21-87. Admittedly, that 21 is, um, he did, um, he was only on the field for 33 minutes. So that's a little bit of a, Anomaly, but you can see that uh, you know it fluctuates quite a bit um, for him. Uh, but with yeah, whether the Tigers having a pulse, um, he's certainly, I think he's certainly worth a look at. But geez, it only takes one loss and they're done, so it, it's a risk. And the thing of it is, with Mansoor, on the flip side, he hasn't played much footy, and we just. Such a big risk. I think Penrith are in a good spot, but yeah, I don't know. I just feel like Hopawadi or Ferguson, or and personally, I'm really leaning towards Hayne. I won't make my mind up to pretty much before lockout on Thursday, but 
at this stage, you know, I've got Croker. I was going to swap him out for Bawadi, but I'm thinking Hayne. And the other guy, even though I've only got a few trades left, I want to bring in as Damien Cook for Cameron Smith because Cook's a guy I should have owned a long, long time ago. He's been very, very expensive, but he's still going up. Um, that's how good he's playing. And he's got the very good matchup as well. Um, let's uh, l- loop in a couple more questions here in regards to uh, Rocco. He asks 20 guns and four trades, enough to get me through the head to head finals. The only injury I have is Ponga. Um, well, we just talked about that, didn't we? Keeping some trades up your sleeve. Is that the way to go for Rocco? There's not a lot of guys that are knocking the door down as far as going up in cost, with the exception of Robbie Farrar, but he may be loaded at the hooker position anyway. Yeah, if he's got 20 guns, that's enough to cover if someone goes down injured um, and four trades. You don't need to be trading out if there's an injury if you've got, if you've got all guns, basically. So I think that that's a... Um, that he's sitting pretty, actually, with that amount, especially play, head-to-head. You play a head-to-head matchup and maybe a mid-round trade if you have to yeah. um, each week, like have that up your sleeve. Um, again, Crichton and Arrow are the guys I like that you may not own. Um, you can look to bring them in mid-round if you think things aren't going the greatest and you need the win, but if you don't need the win, you may not even have to do that just yet. Let's have a look at what Pat's asking. Crichton or Kikau? I have all other 2RF guns. I think Kikau has a better draw and a higher base if getting 80 thoughts. I don't think he has the higher base. Um, he's got the higher ceiling, though, Ryan. Uh, yeah, he absolutely does. Um, versus Angus. Angus Crichton has an average score of 67 at the moment, and he's... Well, he, I mean, look, he's playing, he's, he's pretty much playing 80 minutes a week. Yeah. Some weeks it's 70, but that's, you know, it's pretty As close. he nursed through Origin, he'll be back to 80, I think, pretty much from this week. Yeah, absolutely. Um, kick out, he varies quite a bit. Um, I know he was out for a little bit, but he's gone from round 11 and 12 playing 50 minutes, um, got injured against the Raiders, so that doesn't count, but against the Seagulls. Warriors and the Sharks, he's played basically played 80 minutes. Um, and the last two weeks have been exceptional, section, exceptionally good. Um, so I, if I was picking out of those two, I would go kick out because he has that, he has those those big uh, those big scores in him because, um, look, he's a target close to the line, um, running off the halves. He either plays the decoy um, front man or he, or he gets the crash ball. Um, so he's always there or thereabouts. Um, and we saw him the other week um, just create stuff from inside his own 20. Runs like a centre with the size of the second rower. So um, I, I think I think he's the guy. Ideally, you have them both. I, I, I'd probably pick Crichton over Kikau, though, just because I like his floor. I like the fact that, you know... Souths aren't going to do anything odd. Yeah, not picking yep. him you know, out of the blue. <laughs> yeah, cow. You just never know. It's a more solid, um, more solid um, role probably, for kicker uh, for Crichton. Sorry, it probably shows our 
my risk-adverse <laughs> nature. <laughs> um, N. Graham Oz asks, hold Harris in head-to-head. Um, still out for a few weeks, I believe, Ryan. Yeah, look, I don't know if I would do... I mean, you can't... It's a bit hard to say to hold him if you don't have any context of of the team. Um, yeah, maybe we need to see your team. If you can tweet us that, we might be able to tweet back to you before lockout. Yeah, because it's a bit hard. I mean, if you've got the players, obviously, to cover, then sure, because um, he's a great... Um, he'd be a great guy to play, obviously. But um, it's, yeah, it's a bit tough to say yes or no. Um, when we don't see who else you got um, sitting in the wings. Yeah, tweet us. Tweet us retweet us, Engram, and, and we'll try to help help there. How good does Moyaki Futuaka look? Is he a potential TPJ downgrade or a trap? Asks under the radar. My concern is those big three, Wallace, Arrow and James, might shut out Futuaka for, for more minutes, Ryan. But certainly on his day, he looks really good. Oh, yeah, there's nothing wrong uh, with him. But, yeah, as you said, those three others are more dominant um, and we'll get more minutes than him. Uh, he's, you know, uh, scored a try last week. Sorry, um, last yeah, last week. Um, so his stats are a little bit bumped up. Um, and, he, and he was, I, I believe he was starting last week um, as well. But he's... Last two games, he's played 60 and 50 minutes. Um, the games before that, he's only been between 20 and 30 minute marks. So it's a bit, um, yeah, it's, it's a bit of a risk. But he look, he's a massive, um, he's a massive downgrade, like money wise, and also would give you a huge pod because really he's owned by three percent of teams. So. It's a chance. It's a big risk, though, um, because he may not get the minutes that he was getting the previous weeks. Yeah, I, I, I can't. I just couldn't have Fotuaka. I just think at this stage of the season, you're really looking at those big, big names. I, I just, I don't know if bringing in a guy that you know shows some potential works at this stage of the season. Ten weeks ago, yes. Um, now, no, I think um, I think Pangai could do some damage, right? I mean, the Broncos need him to fire because they're in danger. If they lose this week and the Raiders and Tigers both win, well, it's two points. Yeah, they're right back in there. Um, look, Pangai himself hasn't been going great the last few games that he... Yeah, he's been carrying some injuries. Yeah, I mean, look, he got a 60-odd against the Eels, and he played 80 minutes, and a 40 against the Storm. He played 50, but then against the Sharks, he got injured, went off early. And the Titans last week, oh, sorry, the week before, um, he scored 42 in 46 minutes. So his time on the ground is quite uh, variable because against the Eels was an 80-minute performance. And then, yeah, so you don't know if the injuries are then going to take away a bit more of his... Um, Tom, the ground, I guess they're trying to manage him through. That's why they're resting him. So it, it's, time, it's time for him now, now to really 
yeah, step it up. If you're going to go, uh, if you're going to go and do something, then yeah, they need to they need them to do it now, especially with um, Sewer's injury. Um, that leaves them another one. They have to bring in someone else. So you'd think that maybe his minutes would go up, depending on where they and where um, Bennett wants to put him. A couple more questions from I am not a cartoon. Does Val Holmes keep the fullback spot? On Josh Dugan's return, I think it looks pretty good to stay there, wouldn't you think, Ryan? Oh, he has to. Surely. Surely. He's absolutely killing it. And he's actually my... He's actually a thought in my head because I have Croker and I want to get... Obviously, move on from Croker. And Val Holmes is the next port of call. He's more expensive, but, geez, the last couple of games, he has just been absolutely killing it. Um, he's gone 110, 88, 66, 64, and 75. Um, that's all all within playing at the Origin games as well. And every one of those, he's played for 80 minutes. So he's, um, I think he's in pretty good touch. And surely he keeps that fullback spot. Surely Dugan doesn't take that from him on return. Surely. Um, I think Funny has been quoted as saying, yeah, Holmes is he's a fullback and... I think he said he's our fullback, but he said he's a fullback, I think. <laughs> You'd have to... Maybe if Holmes signs with the Cowboys or something, maybe out of spite funding and puts him back on the wing. I can't see any other reason why he would do it. Yeah, um, he has to stay there. He's absolutely... Yeah, he's killing it. I'm not a cartoon also asking which is the weakest left and right side defences. Well, that depends how wide you're going. Certainly, once you get out to centres and wingers, Bulldogs... And the Titans are very weak, particularly their right side defence. We know that the Eels give away their fair share as well. Um, I think the Titans lead both sides, or the Bulldogs might just edge them on the Bulldogs' right side. So when they're coming up against left side attackers. Um, Closer into the ruck, funnily enough, it's teams like the Sharks on the left. So they're right. Side defence has been very poor, um, as have the Bulldogs again, which we already know. The Raiders um, are right up there, but Sharks, Sharks number one from the Raiders. And then on the on the right, so the left side defence, um, it's again the Titans popping up as the worst. And the Warriors are right up there as well, the Warriors have had some pretty poor defence. I know Peter Hiku's made way there. I think that's a defensive decision. Um, and, of course, still the Bulldogs up there. And, um, yeah, Canberra again. So some familiar names, or familiar teams, Ryan, and we've known with, with the Dogs and the Titans have been that way for, for a few years. Yeah, that's right. Look, it's, um, it, it's a case of not necessarily who's... You know, who has the worst defence or, you know, who has the weakest left or right side defence? It, it's got to do with players matching up. And, you know, you come up against a team, uh, let's say, um, like the Roosters, for example, um, you know, they go towards um, Ferguson's wing, you know, with um, Tedesco coming in at the back, you know, they're that would do more damage to some teams than others that can't read that as well. And it, it's it's like, yeah, we, it's it's hard to say that, 
you know, we can always, you know, do say it's a great matchup from, um, you know, from the from the stats, but it doesn't always work out that way. Sometimes small players are targeted, you know, and sometimes they're just bad defensively. <laughs> There's no yeah. excuses. Yeah. We've seen on the Bulldogs' point of view, guys like Brinko Lee has now gone to the Gold Coast. Um, you know, John Olive was horrible this year. Kieran Holland doesn't seem to be doing much better. Um, you know, Jeremy Marshall King doesn't help as the right half because he's only a tiny guy. So yeah, yeah there's a lot, there's a lot of uh, reasons why, and that's why again, Jared Hay, you know, he's running at that this week. Finally, Padded Seahorse asks, "What rank do you think a good season is in overall?" Um, well, anything better than me is going to be good <laughs> <laughs> this year. I think generally anything in the top one thousand or top one or two percent. I think it's probably what you're really aiming for. Um, yeah, top 1,000, I think, is really quite that's very high. difficult to achieve. Um, so that's pretty good. If you get better than that, and then if you get into yeah. like the top 100 or top 10, it's like unbelievable. Yeah, and anything, I think, if, especially if it's your early days on it, anything top 10% or better, you'll be happy with, and then improving on that each year. Yeah, exactly right. All right, that does it for the show. A good one again, Ryan. Thank you so much. Um, And, of course, you'll be back with us in a couple of weeks. Yes, I will. And I'm Paulie G. Make sure you get that app, that extra feature we've added for this week. Just another reason to buy it. And if you've already owned it, great. Take advantage of it because um, that's really going to help you, especially when you're like Rocco or myself or Ryan, not a lot of trays left can um, certainly be judicious with that extra information and um, other than that stay tuned and listen to us each and every Tuesday we'll be back next week bye for now